0: you're listening to the Northwestern Campus Ministry podcast from Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa. Northwestern Campus Ministry exists to send students out as those rooted, built up, and established in Christ for God's glory and for the sake of the world. Thanks for listening and enjoy this recent message from our Christian Formation Program.
1: We are so privileged this morning uh, to have our brother from Missouri, uh, Dr. Luke Bobo, uh, bringing a word um, from the scriptures this morning. He joins us as the chief program officer with a ministry called Airbon. Dr. Bobo was actually, before working for Airbon, he worked for a ministry called Made to Flourish, which you'll hear more about tomorrow from our sister Paige Wiley at the NED Talk. encourage you to show up to the vocal room for that at 10 a.m. And uh, he was a vice president uh, at Made to Flourish. And prior to that, he was a director at the Francis Schaeffer Institute at the Covenant Theology Theological Seminary. He's a seasoned educator. He's educated at an undergrad, graduate, and postgrad level. He has a Ph.D. in rabbinic, Hebrew, and Old Testament studies. He has an MDiv uh, from Covenant Theological Seminary. He also has a master's degree in electrical engineering. He served as an electrical engineer for 15 years. Uh, He's a wise, wise, wise man and has a lot to to share with us this morning. We're so blessed to have him come up from Missouri. And uh, he uh, um, is, yeah, just delighted to be here. And so can we share our delight for him to be here and giving him a warm Raider welcome?
2: My name is Paige. I'm going to be introducing Luke here with Colossians 3, 1 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away anger, lost my place anger wrath malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator this is the word of the lord welcome up luke
0: Good morning. good morning. Raiders. Had a good night's sleep. It's, um, it's really a delight to be here. And thank you, Mark and Elizabeth, for uh, the gracious inv- invitation. If you do have your Bibles, I encourage you to keep them open. And I'm going to uh, talk from this, the general topic how to live the new life in Christ. Is that okay? Amen? Amen. And it's okay to talk back? Amen is fitting and appropriate. Gospel singer Ty Trebet sings from his album, All Things New. These are some lyrics. New mind, new heart. I got that new start. New light, new day. It's my life, his way. New praise, new look, new page, new book, new flame, burn up, new wine, turn up. I looked at my hands, they look brand new. I looked at my feet, they look new too. New joy, new strength. I'm loving this newness. Past is long gone, it's time to sing a new song. Perhaps this brother was inspired by Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through chapter 4, verse 6, because in this long passage, the Apostle Paul instructs brothers and sisters at the church at Colossae how to live the new life in Christ. And because we're brothers and sisters in Christ as well, that includes us. Our new life in Christ has has been made possible by Christ's death and resurrection. Our baptism symbolizes the old man or old woman dying with Christ, Colossians 2, verse 20. Our baptism symbolizes being raised with Christ to new life, Colossians 2, 12. Our baptism signals a relocation Colossians 1.13 says we have been rescued, transferred from the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of the sun. We have a new address. And we are different persons. In fact, your Twitter feed, December 27th, 2021, says we are called to be different. Because we are. We are new humans, we practice a new ethic. We seek to become virtuous, shunning vice, because vice destroys. Vice destroys us, and vice destroys community. You see, we're part of a royal family, our kings, royal family. We, we have a different rule of life. That's why the Apostle Paul can say in Colossians 3, 9, do not lie to each other. Lying is a vice. And Paul mentions other vices in chapter 3, verse 5 through 8. Slander, malice, sexual immorality. That word in Greek looks like our word pornography. Lust, greed, filthy language, and rage. Those vices have been stripped off. Those are stinky, filthy clothes that we no longer wear. We have put on the new self, out with the old and the evil practices that came with that, and in with the new self, with this God-honoring ways. To put on the new man, the new woman, is to live this life, this new life in Christ. So what does it mean to live this new life? Since we're a part of God's kingdom, we have a new wardrobe. We have a new closet. We have royal, sweet, aroma-smelling clothes. So what are, the, what are these clothing options at our disposal? First let me share our motivation to live this new life in Christ and then I want to share an implication. In Colossians 1 verse 21 through 22 from the NIV we read these words. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish, free from accusation. Dr. Francis Schaeffer once said that the fall of Adam and Eve caused several separations. Men and women are separated from God. Men and women are separated from one another. Men and women are separated from creation. Men and women are separated from the glorious task of work. Our minds once upon a time were inclined to do evil. Romans 5:10 and Colossians 1:21 both mentioned the word enemy. We're now friends with God. Hallelujah. But once upon a time, we were enemies of God. So here's the motivation to live the life in Christ. Here's the motivation to live a life pleasing to God. Here is the motivation. Colossians 1:22. Colossians 1:22 reminds us that a brutal physical attack happened in history. Christ's bloody death. <laughs> Christ's bloody death on the cross. Christ's bloody death on the cross reconciled us back to God. Amazing love, amazing mercy. Instead of you and I being punished for doing evil things, God meted out his wrath upon Christ in our place. That's crazy. That's why John can write in 1 John 2 and 2, Christ was the propitiation for our sin. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Christ became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Christ once and for all all sacrifice purchased our reconciliation. Yes, Ty is right. It's time to sing a new song. And I cannot speak for you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, but I'm motivated out of gratitude and by the aid of the Holy Spirit to live this new life in Christ, to put on this new wardrobe, Because of what Christ has done for me. Are you motivated, my brothers and sisters, to live this new life in Christ? Are you motivated to put on these new clothes? To take off the filthy, stinky clothes of sin? So here's the implication of Christ's reconciling work on our behalf. I am called to imitate Christ. You are called to imitate imitate Christ. Remember the fall of of Adam and Eve caused several separations. Men and women are separated from God. We're separated from one another. We're separated from creation. We're separated from this glorious task of work. So what is this implication? We were saved, called to participate in God's reconciling work. That means we must be apologists and evangelists. That means God wants to use us to reconcile fallen mankind back to himself. That means we must seek to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. That means we must be engaged with reconciling with others whom we have differences with. That means we must be in the business of reconciling with those who have different political views. Those on the left and those on the right. That means, may I say beloved, that means brothers and sisters, we must participate in the difficult work of racial reconciliation. Can I just ask a question here? Shouldn't Christians be out in front leading this racial reconciliation effort? Shouldn't Christians be out in front leading the charge? I think so. Some of us need to reconcile with the friends, some of us need to reconcile with the parents. Some of us need to reconcile with a coworker or fellow student. Some of us need to reconcile with the ministry partner. Like Paul did with John Mark. You can see that in Colossians 4:10 and 11. Remember John Mark, Barnabas' cousin? It was John Mark that led to a bitter dispute between Paul and Barnabas. I'm sure there were, were some choice words spoken between the two, but it led to their split. Living the new life in Christ means we must live into being ministers of reconciliation. And as you have probably guessed, the first article of clothing that we must wear is being ministers of reconciliation. So we learn about the motivation to live this new life in Christ. Just, Just ponder the cross. And what happened there? And the implication of Christ's reconciling work is that we too are called to be reconcilers. Second, our new life in Christ is evidenced by how we view and do our daily work. We all need to develop a new work view. In Colossians 3:17, and again, same chapter, verses 22, Through 25, Paul says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. Same chapter, verse 24, do it, whatever you do, as working for the Lord. What what is Paul saying here? We we represent Christ. Christ. in whatever we do, we are Christ's billboards. Before doing whatever we do, we should pause and ask, should I do this, will this represent Christ? Before I say something, I should pause and ask, will this represent Christ, will this honor Christ? Whatever we do, driving or voting or cleaning our dorm room, Mom would be proud if you cleaned your your dorm room. Our singing should be done knowing we represent Christ. And whatever we do should be done with thankfulness. And guess what? Your daily work is included in whatever you do. The word on the street is that work is a curse. That's actually not true. If you read Genesis one and two very carefully, we're introduced to a God who is a worker. I doubt if God would curse work when he's introduced as a worker in Genesis one and two. One author put it this way, our work is how we make ourselves useful to others. It is through our work that we serve and love our neighbors as ourselves. Professors, your work done unto the Lord honors and glorifies God. And you serve and love your students by your work, dear professors. You represent Christ as you teach, as you grade papers. Do your work with gratitude. Administrators, custodians, groundskeepers, your work done unto the Lord honors and glorifies God. And you serve and love this community By your work, dear administrators, custodians, groundskeepers, you represent Christ as you do your tedious and manual and sometimes unnoticed work. Do your work with gratitude. And dear students, your work as students, yes, the classroom is your workplace, your work done unto the Lord, honors and glorifies God. And you serve and love your professors by doing quality work. When I taught undergrads, I often told my students, I'm really not your professor, Christ is your professor. Do your work in a way that pleases him. Do your work in a way that honors him. Dear students, and as many of you in here, you represent Christ as you do your work. Do your work with gratitude. Get the class on time. Participate in class. Pray for your professors. Turn in your work free of typos and grammatical errors. Read the syllabus. Read the syllabus. Read the syllabus. Christians should never be accused of doing shoddy work. Christians should never be accused of doing shoddy work. Dorothy Sayers said it this way. The only Christian work is good work well done. Our master, our savior, our professor, Jesus deserves and demands our best work. So doing our work well is another piece of clothing in our closet that we should try on and keep on. So how did we live this new life in Christ? What have we learned? We learned about our motivation. It's based on Christ's work on our behalf as he died and bled on the cross We learned that we are reconcilers as a consequence. We learned about this notion of work. Work is a service to others. And because we represent Christ, we should do quality work, not mediocre work. And lastly and finally, another piece of clothing in our wardrobe is prayer. Our prayer life is evidence of our new life in Christ. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote means here to, it means to cling closely to, much like a husband and wife. So we are to be in many ways married to prayer. It means to remain constant in. We are to remain constant to make the practice of prayer a habit. Prayer was important to Paul because if you read chapters one and four of this book, they're like bookends. He talks about prayer. Our our practice of prayer signals to God, I utterly depend on you. When I pray to God, it reminds me that I'm a creature and he's the creator. When I pray to God, it signals to him that I want to know you. Prayer is like pillow talk, intimate talk with the Lord. Prayer can be as simple as, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. A prayer can be as simple as what the tax collector said in Luke 18, be merciful to me, a sinner. Recently, a, a coworker, a Christian surprised me when she said, Luke, I'll let you handle the prayer because prayer is not my thing. I said, how is prayer not your thing? How is prayer not your thing? Northwestern professors, students, administrators, groundkeepers, custodians, is prayer your thing? I hope it is. Who do you, who do you depend on or lean on during rough times? Who do you rely on to rescue from you from your messes? Don't be fooled. Credit cards would not work. Your intelligence, your pedigree would not work. I've learned. I've learned to depend on God in prayer. Many times when a verse starts, many times when a verse starts with the verb, it's a it's a command, like here in Colossians 4:2. This is not like an option on a multiple choice test. We're commanded to devote ourselves. prayer we're commanded to adopt a rhythm in Colossians 4 2 we're commanded to pray then to be watchful to see how God answers our prayer and then to express thanks when he answers so friends brothers and sisters try on and keep on a devoted prayer life let me read again Colossians 3 9 and 10 do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old man and old woman with his practices and have put on the new man and new woman which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of his creator. Are you ready for the time of your life? Because God wants to transform us. He wants to engage in a moral transformation. You see, kingdom residents must be guided by a new, complete set of ethics. Are you ready to obey God and put on being a reconciler? Are you ready to put on doing your daily work to honor Christ? Are you ready to put on a devoted prayer life? Are you willing to obey God in all of life? You see, we are new, but not yet totally new. Brother Ty is right. The past is long gone, but we are tempted, very tempted to return to the old closet and put on those old, filthy, smelling clothes of sin. God has work to do. We have work to do. We have a lot of growing to do. We, We cooperate with God in becoming new. We are continually and progressively renewed and refined and restored until we gain rich and full knowledge of God's will. We cooperate with God as we are continually and progressively renewed and refined and restored until we are totally and completely flawless like Christ. Remember Ty's lyrics The past is long gone. There's there's going to come a time when that's going to be permanent. Because one day, we would be like Christ. One day, we would be like Christ. One day, we would be like Christ. But in between time, we have work to do. It's time. (laughs) It's time to sing a new song. Let the church say, amen. I'm done.